I come to the conclusion quite a while ago that it was much more beneficial to me to give than it was to receive. It's just, I love giving. Receiving, I'm not as graceful as I should be or whatever. i just not as capable, or at least that's the way I feel. I, I feel like uh, I'm much better at giving something away, and, and especially if it happens to be a child, hmm. because there's things that as a child that you didn't have that I would like every child to have. Seniors to seniors, whether a senior in college or senior in your mature years, the common denominators of every stage of life is explored as host Robert J. LaCosta interviews seniors about how they got to where they are and how they are continuing to crush it in their mature years. LaCosta is known as the senior editor because he has interviewed seniors for the past three decades and is perhaps the longest running writer in this narrowest of niches. This podcast affords him the opportunity to pass along the same sagely wisdom that he has received from elders and has admired during his 30s, 40s, 50s, and now. LaCosta is a board-certified hearing instrument specialist who has helped over 10,000 seniors overcome hearing impairment. He draws deeply from the intimacy and privilege of those relationships. And now, It's time for The Age Sage. We're talking about uh, spending your years from 60 to, say, 100. You know, some people obviously work well into their 60s, 70s, some even 80s. I know a a gentleman who's in his 90s and he's working at McDonald's. I'm sure it's not because he has to. Um, But uh, other seniors... uh, retire or get a golden parachute when they're in their 50s or 60s and enough money for the rest of their life they can do whatever they want and you're saying that gee this this idea of a toy chest or some of these other uh woodworking projects that you take on or is what you choose to do it's not something that aarp told you to do right it's well it's because of the other people in this world that i have had the pleasure of meeting i've or be associating with them that probably couldn't, don't even know my name. However, they've done things for the community or they've done things for children and they've done things that pass it on, pass on the goodwill, pass it on. Well, those people, I like to surprise them. <laughs> you know, I yeah. like to surprise them because I've had some awful nice friends and I've had some awful nice things happen to me. And I like to pass it on. I like to think that you're one of those people. Uh, I, I, I'd just, like to think that too. You well, know, you know, can't think it because you are one of those people. If, if well, you, were, you know, maybe, maybe you and I talk and what you're saying could be being passed on to hundreds of people right now and you and I will never know it. No, and that's fine. That's fine. But I thing. will tell you what, no one's forcing me to say anything here. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. I'm not forcing you. What you choose. I'm not even forcing you to listen. Mm. But I choose to be here. I chose to be here with you. Mm -hmm. And all I can tell you is, is that I have had so much 
good happened to me in my life that I didn't feel I even earned sometimes that I believe I should pass it on. And that's what I do. And when it happens, I don't want someone to say, oh, Bob Messa built me this. Mm -hmm. I want it to be you gave them a special gift from me if you want, but you don't even have to say it. But I'll tell you what, it'll be special and it will last as long as whoever you're giving it to, unless they burn it down. It will last that long. And that goodwill will have rewarded me more than it ever will you. It's just going to. And it started because of something my wife said to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't you build a toy chest? <laughs> exactly. Because so-and-so is going to have a child. And that's Bob LaCosta's uh, daughter. And I said, oh. <laughs> and I had no desire to build another toy box. Yeah, I had no desire until that happened. And that was a few maybe two weeks ago. You know, Bob, you're bringing up something that's very profound, and I've heard from the younger generation, and I've heard this before from other generations, that the world is so sick right now. Yeah. Why in the world would you bring a child into it? I've heard that a lot. Yeah. And I've heard, I don't know whether some of that's fear. Um, I think we live in an age of divorce, so the next couple generations are a little sketchy on marriage. Child, bearing a child is... Is, is what used to be natural to your parents with 13 of you is now a little scary just to have one, mm-hmm. you know, let's be frank and even getting married. So the statistics about uh, young people putting marriage off and just living together because I, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons why they do that, but the person that steps out and decides, no, we're going to get married and have a child could actually stimulate thousands of good acts by other people who want to come alongside that child. Maybe build them a toy box yeah, or maybe be their first grade teacher six, seven years from now. Right. One act of courage to have a child could spawn thousands of good works because that child is going to grow up and it's going to take dozens and probably hundreds and maybe thousands of people to seed into the child's life. Then that child is going to become an adult. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a boss. Or maybe they'll influence a thousand people under them. All from one child. All from somebody deciding, let's go against the grain and have a child in the middle of this sick world. It is a sick world. However, God gave his son. For us, it's only right that I give a son or a daughter to this world. And I think you're obligated to do the same thing. That's an amazing thing because if we're children of God, (laughs) we we should be doing what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. Because what else is there? Well, there's a veil over the eyes of so many young people, and it's, it, it is a fear, Bob. Yep. I mean, I can tell you that. It's, yep. they're, they're just afraid of, of, of commitment, of what that means. Um, 
there might be a lot of reasons for that. Yeah. But it, 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 you know, it, it does bring up something that Jesus said, where he says, I only do what I see my daddy doing, and I only speak what I hear my father saying. And what you just said is, is like just imitating him. Yeah. That's all, that's all I'm trying to do is get to be where he's at. Because if he got us here, there's got to be more. There has to be. And everything I've experienced in my life, I believe it. I, I don't know what others believe. I can only tell them what I think. And I think that how we treat ourselves and our friends and our neighbors and our other citizens makes a difference to the guy that started all of this. Other than that, you don't believe it? I can't help you. Well, the toy chest is a great metaphor because if you think about it, anything in a child's life could be... And again, this gets back to courage of a young person deciding, no, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to do it and then I'm going to produce a child maybe more because when you're a young parent we all remember it. I I'm unlike you I'm not a woodworker but I rent it and swore at I don't know how many times those heavy sanders for a floor and I didn't know how to change the sandpaper on the on the on the sander on the drum and and it just kept gunking up with layers and layers of paint from an 1860 house. The reason I did it was I was preparing a nursery. So what happened by my wife being pregnant with an expecting this child, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, get the, get the nursery ready, get the nursery ready. It brought me into a courageous act, which is putting sandpaper on a drum that I was swearing at because I couldn't get the dang thing to work. Eventually, uh, eventually the nursery turned out. Okay. Yeah. And you got rid of the lead. (laughs) <laughs> paint yes <laughs> that was all paint was made from lead then yeah on the floor and, and you got rid of it which makes it even more sanitary for not just your child yeah. but for every child that's ever going to go into that room but but it brought something out of me that could have never happened not in a million years construction home repair that just is not me it brought even i had to do that and it was almost like a courageous act, which yeah. sounds probably ridiculous to somebody like you who could do it in your sleep, but not for me. But if it wasn't for a child, I wouldn't have done it. Right. And I would say to young people who are listening, if you have a child or several or adopt or foster or whatever you do, there is nothing like having a child. I will say that. I know some oh. people are getting dogs. I know people are adopting, and I, I believe in all that. But boy, when you bring a baby to term... <laughs> through a relationship yep. and all all that's involved. Let's call it sacrifice, but all that's involved, yep. it changes you. As, as the saying goes, as the song goes, a baby changes everything. Yeah, it actually changes the world, see? And that's hard to... Yeah, but think think about what you were saying before about God. December 25th changed the world, and that was all from a baby. Yes, exactly. I, I just... Like I said, that baby is so precious that we don't know for sure <laughs> if it isn't Jesus Christ again, <laughs> see? And if we treated it like that, yeah. it doesn't mean you have to worship it and do all these other things. Spoil. It just means that you do whatever it is you're comfortable with that that child is comfortable with. Whatever you do to that child, it's like you're doing it to Jesus. Yeah, exactly. I just, it's very difficult. <laughs> it's very difficult to fit 
in our world today because it's changing so fast. It's changing so fast that I don't wish to change anymore. I want to just stay where I'm at and I'm comfortable with because I'm not sure we're headed in the right direction. And well, that, if we're if we're if we're talking about being afraid to have a baby, mm, the most right. basic the most basic basic principle of life, L I F E, is to have a baby. Exactly. If we're so reticent about having a child, I don't think that is the right direction. Right. Well, something's well, going wrong. Well, that it's not going as we think it should. However, at the same time, I I will accept it. Of course. Because it is what it is. But at the same time, it doesn't allow me not to to participate. I still need to participate in the world. Well, you're, you're, really you're speaking like a grandfather now. Yeah. Because a grandfather might have seen three or four generations say, well, it's not me, but uh, yeah. I, I'm still going to love them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, well <laughs> it, yes. And it's just, I wonder why. I what happens with when their thinking mechanism, when they come up with a conclusion, it's that because doesn't work. I think, Bob, the answer is very simple. I think they have more influences than their grandfather and their and their father. That I really and the mother. I, I think that's a good part of it. They have, they have a, a million. If, if they see ten thousand videos on TikTok or whatever, you know, Snapchat, whatever, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, whatever they're seeing, television, movies, film, weird stuff, whatever imagery they're seeing is is almost like taking place of the influence of the family, right? And I, and I think that's the answer to some of the strange things you're seeing. Whereas the family unit um, provides something more than tradition, right? It, it provides wisdom. Right. They can break off the tradition, but if they carry the wisdom with them, that's great. If you carry just tradition for the sake of tradition, no one would leave their hometown, right? And the world wouldn't get changed. Um, then there's nothing wrong with staying put. All I'm saying is, is that um, when you have almost too many influences, um, you're probably going to veer off into some of those influences. Some of those influences may not be godly, or if you don't believe in God, they might not be fruitful. Mm-hmm. Whereas the family, tried and true, the lover of your soul since you were a baby, is going to be looking after you. And the influence that they're going to try to put into you is from a good motivation. Yeah, it is. I I wished I had more answers than, than I did questions. But at the same time, all I really want is to, in my heart, feel that I am not doing anything to hurt someone else. In the last minute or two... It, here, there's some analogies I could see of you being a woodworker. Yes. Um, the feel of the wood, but also the end product. Yep. But then also, where is it going to? Yep. Who's it going to? That reminds me of God. Yep. Forming 
us in the end product because in scripture for the, the judeo-christian um is that we'll, we'll be formed in to the image of god not right away no but by the time we see god it says in the new testament it says we're going to be exactly like him when we see him it's hard to understand yeah. it, it's impossible to understand um for those who are following christ but how does that um translate from a woodworker say you get an idea about forming something then you form it you see the end product and then it, the end product has to be given away it sounds like that's exactly what god does with a, a soul mm-hmm. he forms it or he gets the idea for it we were created we were god's workmanship it says in scriptures I come to the conclusion quite a while ago that it was much more beneficial to me to give than it was to receive. It's just, I love giving. Receiving, I'm not as graceful as I should be or whatever. i just not as capable. Or at least that's the way I feel. I, I feel like... I'm much better at giving something away, and, and especially if it happens to be a child, because mm. uh, there's things that as a child that you didn't have that I would like every child to have. You know, getting back to wood, yeah, you would think that there's nothing that a 21st century child would need that's made from wood. They, they need an iPhone. They need a, yeah. a Game Boy. They, they need uh, some technology. They need the latest go-kart or some uh, uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go-cycle. Whatever. But wood is interesting because it, it technically it could go on forever if, if it was passed to enough generations. I always, I believe, told people, if you really don't like it and you really have no use for it, it's wood. It will burn, and it can keep you warm. As long as it burns, it will keep you warm. I mean, you'll get that enjoyment. I don't even like that thought, Robert, because of what your end products look like. They're so fantastic. For those of you who are listening here on the Age Sage, we're talking to Robert Messer, who is born in Maine and now lives in upstate New York, beautiful hill country around us. And we're surrounded by the smell of wood, the looks of wood in his workshop. And he has discovered that um, his his talent um, was perfectly matched with his heart because his heart is to create and then his heart is to give away. And that reminds me of G-O-D. <laughs> yes, and me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robert, thank you so much uh, for, welcome. for sharing on the Age Sage. And uh, we're going to invite our listeners back for um, more of what you heard here. Whether you're a senior in college or high school or a senior in years, uh, you're listening uh, and hopefully gaining from the wisdom of the sages on the Age Sage. And 
that does wrap up our two-part series with guest Bob Messer right here on The Age Sage. For more episodes, simply go to any major podcast platform. It's The Age Sage with your host and the senior editor, Robert J. LaCosta. Costa.